I'm Damien Fowler. And I'm Ailee Sliffering. And welcome to this edition of The Current Podcast. This week, we sit down with Melissa Grady-Diaz, the CMO of Cadillac, who was recently recognized by Forbes magazine as one of the 50 most influential CMOs in the world. With more than 20 years of experience as a marketer across a range of industry, Melissa became the CMO of the iconic Cadillac brand in 2019. And like many leaders in the auto space, much of her focus these days is on helping the brand move toward the EV future. I think something that is very much at the core of who I am and who I am as a marketer is having the symbiotic relationship between right and left brain. I am very data and technology driven, but I also am very insight driven and love to understand what drives human beings, what makes them love things or not like things. So The combination of those things, I think, really kind of sets me up in how I develop my teams and my organizations. When I look at any problem, I always start with data. I'll walk through one of my favorite Cadillac examples to bring this to life a little bit. When I came to Cadillac, we started with the data. We started with who, at the time, our most valuable customers were to try to understand who are the customers. And within the data, Something that was really interesting that came out was that we saw the title of president, CEO, those types of titles really popping way above the general population with the index. And when we got into what Cadillac means and the human insight, it's because Cadillac has always been a brand that represents achievement, something that people who believe in the American dream and work really hard and get to a certain point in life the Cadillac becomes part of that journey. And so as you look at the data and what the data says, and then this beautiful human insight that comes out of that, then that becomes the way that we can approach the world. And then taking, you know, what's the technology we need? What are the methods that we can go to engage with these people? So I think that having those three things always within how I'm approaching every problem is something that is very Melissa (laughs) Grady-Diaz. Your career has also basically covered the gamut. You started in cars before like stints on the agency side, in telecom, insurance, even taxes. What brought you to autos? It's interesting because I think, as you can see, I'm really industry agnostic, but I do love automotive cars are one of the bigger purchases that people make in their lives. It's very emotional and cars are just amazing. So I do love being in automotive. It's where I started my career and I'm back. But I think what's brought me through all of those different roles and all of those different industries is a core passion for performance-driven marketing. It's something that I discovered when I was in grad school. I My entire life, I knew that I wanted to be in advertising. And I think like I weirdly, when I was younger, knew I wanted to be in advertising before I really understood even what that meant. But as a child, I used to insert commercial breaks into my place. As I went into college and grad school, I intended on being in advertising. As I went into Northwestern, and this was the late 90s, so there were, it was really when performance and data-driven marketing was really starting to become a bigger thing. And as I started that program, someone asked me the question, do you like math? And said, there's this whole new type of marketing that's coming up. It's math and technology-based. And if you learn those skills, 
you'll be one of the first people to really have those skills. As I dove into that and I worked very closely with a lot of my professors, I really found my passion. And it's, you know, I know that it sounds pretty geeky to be so passionate about statistics and human behavior and how those come together. But I really love it. And that's been the impetus for each of my jobs is what am I going to be able to go create and build at each of these organizations? And I've loved everything I've done. I love that story about you uh, being obsessed with ads early on and wanting to get into ads. I mean, that's kind of unusual. Was there anything that sparked your interest when you were, when you were younger that you recall? I've thought a lot about this. I don't know if it was just something that was appealing to me, like, how does this work? But I used to love the show, Who's the Boss? And Angela was a huge role model for me, and I wanted to be like her. In the movie, Mr. Mom, Terry Garr went into advertising, and I watched her in those meetings and how she handled herself. And I think those were two early things. When I look at that same time period, we also had Claire Huxtable, and I did not want to go into law. So there was definitely something to the advertising draw. But I think having those role models and, and looking at what life could be like, I think was very inspiring to me. Before we get to the next big point, has it lived up to the dream? Abs- I absolutely love what I do. Yes. <laughs> okay. On that point, we saw Cadillac sales increase by over 28% in Q1 of this year. And it, the brand was deemed the third most considered luxury brand amongst consumers. How is it that Cadillac continues to win in this current marketplace. And one that we might add has been challenged of late because of inflation and also the changing nature of the auto marketplace. I'll just add one more thing in there. In a recent Harris poll, we were cited as one of the fastest growing Gen Z brands as well, or brands among Gen Z. So I think it all comes back to the same thing. We're really seeing this momentum within the Cadillac brand. And we've recently gone through a whole new brand strategy, visual identity, which I think you see coming out in a lot of the work. We have the brand idea of Be Iconic. All of that comes from the brand DNA and the brand core. When you partner that with this amazing portfolio of product that we have and our ICE, which is internal combustion engine, and now we're starting to introduce these EVs that I really think are going to change the game I think when you put all those things together, it's really set us up and, and that's how we're activating the brand. When you think about the name and the symbol of Cadillac, it's sort of synonymous with luxury. And then to hear you say that it's also a growing brand for Gen Z almost seems like a conundrum. I'm not saying that Gen Z people don't like luxury, but how is that working and how is your marketing strategy oriented towards that new demographic of car drivers? I think there's a few things within that. The first thing is, when we look at the Cadillac Insight, which is really about the American dream and making your way and determining your own path, that is not necessarily a generational thing. That's an intrinsic value that I think really resonates across different demographics. So that's part of it. I think a lot of the work that we have right now also really appeals to different groups of people. If you look at our last campaign, which was Colors of Emotion, we had two spots. One was very red and one was very gold. Those are their names. We were partnering with Labyrinth, who did all the music for the show Euphoria. And I think it's one example of a lot that I could give you of us working with partners that really speak to different audiences in a very authentic way. It, once you understand your insight and you're really trying to connect with people, I think that it just helps the whole brand move forward. 
Are there particular models of vehicles that you see Gen Zers leaning towards the most? A very interesting fact is that both Escalade and our Blackwing vehicles tend to appeal to younger customers. But I think if I were really to look at the vehicle that most speaks right there, we have the X-T4. The X-T4 has been number one in segment for a while. We have a new updated model, we call it an MCM, that is just launching right now. And this vehicle has a beautiful 33-inch screen, great rear legroom, and it's a very fun-to-drive, great vehicle. So I think we definitely have the right vehicles. As we move into EV, we're absolutely seeing that appeal to even our, our current portfolio, the vehicles that we have for them today, they're working well. Now let's jump into the performance marketing mindset a little bit. How would you say you infuse that mindset into your brand marketing and overall just how brand and performance come together? One of the reasons that I really wanted to come to Cadillac and one of the things that I think is so important, and I love that this is becoming a bigger conversation within the industry, I do not believe that there is brand and performance. I think that as a marketer, you should always be trying to move your brand forward. You should be trying to drive growth and you have to know what it is that you're trying to achieve. So at some levels of interaction, you're really looking at how do I get people to take note of the brand? How do I get people to consider the brand, whether they're in market in three months or three years? And then as you get closer to purchase, it becomes a lot more, what specific actions am I looking for people to take? And I think that there's, it's just a matter of following people through their journey. Now, how we approach that is we've taken the whole United States and we've modeled out for both a propensity to Cadillac and a time to in market. And then we use that for targeting and messaging. So for people who are gonna be in market, we look at where are they shopping, What kind of shopping tools do we need for them? What actions are they going to take and how do we be there with the right message and then measure that? And then for people who really, I call them all of our future owners, right? This is our future owner file. For all those people who should be our future owners, how do I get on their radar? And what does that look like? So any media that we're buying, we have either a direct match to our audience or an index to our audience to make sure that we're always furthering the conversation with that target. Now, it was announced that Cadillac will be shifting the brand to become an EV label by 2030. And I believe that's an exclusive EV label by 2030. And now that's not too far away. Like, what drove the urgency around this, basically this complete shift? Cadillac has always been, when you look at our history, we've always been innovators We talked about Cadillac standing for luxury. We've been referred to as the standard of the world. And within the GM portfolio, we will be the first brand to be all EV. It makes sense. It's a core Cadillac thing to be really bold, to make those bold decisions, and to be innovating and driving the world forward. Given this big shift that Cadillac's making towards the EV future, do you feel as a marketer a sort of sense of responsibility as well to help move the needle, to help move and shift that mindset towards this inevitable electrified future for cars? We've really seen a big shift over the past few years where that conversation has changed. 
a couple years ago, we did really need to educate people on EVs, to educate people on where the ecosystem is going, to really talk about and address things like range anxiety. Where we're seeing now EV adoption, and as more EVs come into the market, is just accelerating at a faster pace than most people expected. The other thing is, as more and more government regulations are coming in about EVs, people are starting to become more educated. The role that we play in that is to continue to educate them, but also to just excite them about the vehicles. And on a lot of the vehicles, the vehicle itself is such a draw and is so exciting that that's pulling people into the EV ecosystem as well. Education can be dull, but seeing beautiful new vehicles is is exciting for sure, you know. Is there a sort of underlying change the world philosophy there that extends out into the broader marketing plan? It definitely permeates everything that we do. When we look at our brand purpose, it's we exist to champion big dreams and bold ambition. And that came from, as we were talking about earlier, this insight that we have as we were going through our new brand strategy development. We asked the question, if Cadillac vanished from the world, what would be missing? And it goes beyond performance, beyond vehicles, beyond luxury. What would be missing? And it's such a simple question, but it's so powerful. If you think about it, if Cadillac didn't exist, it's an American icon and a symbol of the American dream. Cadillac has really been woven into American history. Most people that I talk to have a story about their grandfather or their father or their uncle and how they came to the country. They worked really hard. They got a Cadillac. They started a business, what that meant. And those stories are really the the fabric of Cadillac. And so when that's your DNA and when your purpose is really to help people be bold and achieve their dreams, it permeates everything we do. As we look at who we're going to partner with, how we're going to activate something, it's all about having that message that's going to resonate with people. And I think that's why a lot of what we're doing is working well. And I might add, it's in quite a number of uh, songs. We are one of the most mentioned manufacturers in song lyrics. So in lots of ways, we can safely say that you're kind of helping revolutionize the auto industry and its approach to marketing. But we're going to sort of look ahead a little bit here and say, you know, looking past the EV deadline for Cadillac, what do you think the space is going to look like in 10 years, 20 years 30 years out, if that's something that you could think about. I love to let my imagination go wild with those kinds of conversations. If we look at that 10 to 20 year horizon, it's a really interesting time. Going back to the earlier part of the conversation, a quote by Steve Carlyle, who just retired from GM, was that it's the end of the ice age. It's the end of the internal combustion engine right now. And he made the comparison to going into the 1920s, there were more horse and buggies on the road than driving vehicles. Coming into the 1930s, so coming out of the 1920s, there were more vehicles on the road than horse and buggies. As we're going through this decade, that's going to be true about EEV. As we look at the next horizon, the next thing that's coming, it's autonomous vehicles. And what does the future of autonomous look like and where does that bring us? It's a whole new world and it really opens up. I do love to drive, but if I could sit in, you know, one of the pods in first class on a plane, I'll take that over driving. So as I start to like remove myself from, you know, where we are with self-driving today into what that future can look like, it really opens things up. The other thing that I think about a lot when I think about autonomous, and this was something that 
personally for me made it really hit home. A few years ago, before my grandmother passed, she could not drive anymore. I remember the process of what that was like. And I've talked to a lot of people who have family members who, because they can't see or have issues or they're older, can't drive. And when you think about what autonomous means in that world, when you think about what it means in a world of zero crashes and enabling people, it's a really beautiful thing. And that's really where the future is going. The other thing that's so fascinating to me that I don't even know, my brain can't comprehend where we'll go, is the vehicle as a software platform. You know, I, I worked at Motorola for years, as we talked about being in that world, the evolution from the flip phone to the smartphone. And if you think about the early smartphones and where our minds went, and we, we were downloading ringtones and wallpapers, and it was really awesome, right? And if you think about where we are today with the computers in our pockets and what that's opened up, even being in the industry then, my brain was like trying to understand, and I think it expands every day what that looks like. That's where automotive's going. So as we start to look at what does that enable in 10 years, 20 years, it's going to be a whole new world, and it's just super exciting to be part of. Yeah, I mean, some people say that like every company is going to be a tech company eventually. And somehow we're like already halfway through 2023. <laughs> What's the most exciting, perhaps inspirational thing on your marketing plan for the rest of the year? We're going to continue doing a lot of the innovative marketing that we always do, looking at how we leverage technology. But if I look at the two things that I'm really excited about going into the rest of the year, well, I'm going to go backwards and then I'm going to go forwards. We did just take the podium position at Le Mans. So for any racing fans out there, that was an incredible moment. And so I'm really looking forward to as racing unfolds for us, what that looks like. We've got Escalade IQ. I can't wait to reveal that to the world. It's going to be really exciting. And then this is our second year at the US Open. So I'm really looking forward to that activation. I think it's such a wonderful place where people come together from across the globe. So I think those are the things that are really top of mind for me or top of excitement for me right now. And that's it for the current podcast. Stay tuned because next time we'll be speaking with Rory Patterson, the Global Vice President of Media at Expedia Group. Again, just an evolution of how we invest is ultimately how do you think about that full journey of the customer and that full uh, multimedia approach. The current podcast is produced by Wonder Media Network. Our theme is by Love and Caliber. The current team includes Chris Brooklier and Pat Fessy. And remember, I do not believe that there is brand and performance. You should always be trying to move your brand forward. You should be trying to drive growth and you have to know what it is that you're trying to achieve. I'm Damien. And I'm Elise. And we'll see you next time.